right now, Catherine. <laughs> What's happening? <laughs> How's it going? Oh, it's great. How are you? Excellent. For those of you joining us, this is Reel Me In, a show where we get real about what's going on in our lives and the world around us, and we invite others in to talk about it. So, Tina, how was your past week? Oh, my God. It was so full of so many encouraging and empowering things. I went and saw Wonder Woman, and... After that film, I cried several blocks with Darren. Halfway through, like, the final scenes, I was just imagining young children seeing this show, and not just young girls, not just young boys, and, like, let's be real, gender is expansive, and there are some children who may not know what gender they identify with. But as a kid myself, there were these archetypes that I was told I had to fit into, and they did not often involve equality and strength of female identifying people and watching this woman be so strong and slay so hard without a message of you're better than anyone else she came in and was like i want to help and i want to be strong and i want to be myself and i'm not going to subvert to these archaic ideas of what i can and cannot do it was amazing and thinking of future generations being given these much more accurate but what are considered new ideas of what we can and cannot do in the world it just really touched me and I was thinking of my niece I was thinking of my nephew I was thinking of all of the kids of all of my friends being given this story which you know in comic books it's been told time and time again but not everyone reads comic books, let's be real. <laughs> everyone sees movies. Every parent, every child, they go and see movies. And it's going to be seen. People are going to hear this message. They're going to take it in. They may not take from it what I did, but it's available. <laughs> and I was so excited to see it and to know that it's out there and that it's directed by a woman and stars strong women who are strong off screen. It was great. <laughs> It sounds amazing. I haven't seen it yet, but I've heard nothing but amazing reviews about it. It sounds like it's just going to be this great example for, like you said, a whole generation of women. I think of my heroines growing up, they're all Disney princesses. Not that there's anything wrong with a Disney, pr I mean, there are things wrong with Disney princesses. <laughs> it sounds like it's very much needed and I'm very excited to see it. Okay, Buffy the Vampire Slayer was the first in my world, but... I don't know if everybody knows Buffy. If you don't, listeners, go onto Netflix, watch you some seasons of that amazing show. She kicked ass and she was out there doing the thing and then go see Wonder Woman and just be really, really excited about the world. I was only allowed to watch PBS growing up, so <laughs> I did not experience Buffy the way you did. But get up on it, Catherine. Yeah, gotta, gotta. So uh, what did you get into this week? So this past week, I got the results of my 23andMe test. And for those of you unfamiliar with 23andMe, it's basically a genetic test where you basically spit in this little test kit and it comes with a prepaid label. 
sent it back to this lab and from this little vial of spit they're able to then track your ancestry to all these different places they're also able to tell you a lot of different things about your genetic health markers and I was very excited slash nervous to do it in the first place. I consider myself, like I've said on past episodes, half Colombian, half Greek. But what does that even really mean, right? So got the results back and they were, they were interesting. Are you uh, white, Catherine? <laughs> so I'm 78% European. I was expecting definitely at least 50% because my mom is Greek. And most of that European is comprised of Balkan and Iberian. And then, of course, I was expecting interesting results from my dad. I doesn't tell you, oh, this is your mom's side and this is your dad's side, but I'm assuming this is where it came from. All Latinos tend to be mixed with European, with, in some cases, Black, Indigenous, and Asian populations. So I did have a little bit. I had 16.8% East Asian and Native American, 1.1% Middle Eastern and North African, 0.5% Sub-Saharan African. But then the big surprise came of my European side. I was 24.4% Italian, which I did not know about. I guess maybe the Romans were getting down with the Greeks and that's how it came up. But I've never heard anyone in my family say that we're at all mixed with Italian. So I'm getting a test for my mom so I can find out a little bit more about that. And then Randomly, I'm 0.3% Ashkenazi Jewish, and low-key, I've always wanted to be Jewish, so that was kind of cool. Congratulations, Thanks. But either way, it's kind of interesting to see that test come back and identify more strongly with my Latin side, but then just by looking at that test, saying that you're 78% European, kind of makes you question things. And for about a day, I was like, okay, like, what does this mean? And then let that go because... At the end of the day, genes tell one story, but your experience walking through the world and the things that influenced you growing up, I would say, have much more of an effect on who you are. I would agree. Yeah. But it's cool that you have yeah. a new story to yeah. add to your, I'm, I'm a little your quilt. <laughs> yes. <laughs> quilt of life. <laughs> so let's hop into the show. We've mentioned on the show before that mysticism, which is a very broad term, can be found in all religious traditions from indigenous religions and folk religions like shamanism to organized religions like the Abrahamic faiths and Indian religions and modern spirituality. Many of these practices, once labeled as black magic by colonists and oppressive religions, are now being embraced again. And there's a lot of talk about millennial habits. And while we aren't necessarily religious. Only four in 10 people say religion is an important aspect of their lives. Many folks are picking and choosing elements of mysticism and spirituality outside of traditional institutions. It's like a sort of DIY spiritual practice. So yoga, crystals, Reiki, shamanistic ceremonies, tarot readings, cleansings, the list goes on. Mystic beauty has been highlighted as a top trend by Women's Wear Daily. Please note that that mystic beauty is in quotes, <laughs> air quotes. <laughs> Catherine and I have been talking with a lot of people in our lives devoted to different practices, myself included, and it's problematic to label mysticism and shamanism as a trend without honoring its origins in the indigenous culture. It's great that people are finding ways to spirit and finding ways to higher self, but you can't just glomp onto what you like as though it's a buffet and leave the rest without noting that there was someone that cooked this beautiful cake to begin with. <laughs> On that note, we want to introduce 
somebody who we feel really does both embody this spirit of modern mysticism, but also honors its roots. I would like to introduce Chelsea Smith, aka Chiquita Brujita. She is a vibrant, shiny human and founder of Brooklyn Brujeria, which is an online store that sells prayer candles with a modern twist. Loki obsessed with them. Um, if you guys check it out, she's actually on Etsy. We'll put the link in the post when it goes live. But there's this candle that says, fuck out of here. And you might see these prayer candles that have saints on them and all these other more traditional Catholic images. Hers all have these really positive, empowering messages. One of my favorite things is when you read through her descriptions of what the candles are for. They're for things such as securing your future, eliminating the haters, get that promotion, conquer your fears, turn your side hustle into your main squeeze. I definitely need all of these candles in my life. (laughs) In addition to selling the most badass candles ever, Chelsea throws parties and experiences with El Ministerio de la Parranda. She's always teaming up with local DJs to throw these dope parties. I feel like any given in the night of the week, it seems like you have something going on, whether it's <laughs> a big rave or a smaller club night with a tarot reading. By the way, for those of you unfamiliar with the term parranda, that's Spanish slang for party, she's just living her best life. So, <laughs> she'll be a real cute you. while she does yes, it. Yes, <laughs> you can't see, but right now she's wearing all of the colors. <laughs> Chelsea, thank you so much for being on the show today. Thank you so much for having me. (laughs) So I got to ask, you know, this is parade season in New York. It feels like (laughs) as soon as it gets above 60 degrees, it's like all the street festivals. So you just were at Mermaid Parade yesterday. What was that like? I was at the Mermaid Parade yesterday, and I was actually honored to be in the Puerto Rican Day Parade uh, the week before. So I've been parading around pretty much nonstop. The Mermaid Parade yesterday was amazing. I am uh, part of a community called Junction, which throws these really awesome kind of renegade parties, and they have a fleet of buses and domes and a Staten Island ferry. So we did the Mermaid Parade together with me and, you know, 200 of our, our nearest and dearest fully decked out in glitter and seashells and crowns and wigs and just going nuts. And it's so fun. <laughs> Tina and I are really sad that we missed this. I feel like I missed the Mermaid Parade every year. Do you go every year? So this was actually my second year in the parade. Part of my story was that I had a very traditional sort of conservative career path for pretty much the past 10 10 years and about a year ago came back into nightlife. Part of that has been this wonderful opening up of community, including this junction family that I've gotten of my freaks and geeks and weirdos and all of the magical mermaids that are in the community. How was the parade yesterday? What was your favorite part of the highlight on the path? The best part is seeing everyone's reactions. I got this yellow turban and a big ostrich feather in my hair and we're in Coney Island and there's no music like this is not a real I mean it's a real parade but it's not a traditional parade there's no marching bands and just watching everyone along the sidelines who you know live in Coney Island or come out for this event who are just so excited to see these crazy people like who dresses up like this like what are you doing and you know the kids are so excited and them wanting to take pictures with you and it's this celebratory moment of just pure fun what are you doing being a mermaid other than just living this day you know so that's the best part (laughs) that's awesome how was puerto rican pride by the way every year around this time i really wish i was puerto rican because i feel like (laughs) they have the most fun i live in a neighborhood in brooklyn where literally every other car has five puerto rican flags on it 
all summer, not just during Puerto yeah. Rican Pride. There's just flags everywhere. Last weekend, there were people barbecuing all day. There were old men running around with flags, blasting music on their boom boxes. I was just like, man, so fun. <laughs> yeah, I am blessed to be half Puerto Rican. My mom is Puerto Rican from New York. And I grew up in Spanish Harlem. I'm very much about Puerto Rican pride. It's really amazing how proud Puerto Ricans are, particularly of the flag. It was illegal to raise the Puerto Rican flag up until, I believe, 1958. And so part of the reason why you see so many Puerto Rican flags, especially in New York, and have this culture of displaying it is that it's really this very strong symbol of pride. And this year, I marched with the Defend PR contingent, which is this amazing community of artists and filmmakers and activists who are calling for us to essentially defend Puerto Rico. The economic and social and financial crisis that's going on right now on the island as a result of obviously being, you know, this colonial property of the U.S. and all of the implications of that has really reached a fever pitch and it's really dire, right? And so on top of, you know, what's going on with the junta of the hedge funds and everything with PR, we have this moment where they also released Oscar Lopez, who was a political prisoner for over 30 years and the parade was honoring him. And in that same moment, all of the corporate sponsors who traditionally support the financial running of the parade pulled out. Both of the major Spanish language networks did not broadcast this parade this year for the first time. And I marched in a moment and with a contingent waving a black and white flag, right? And we're out here as essentially a protest moment, reclaiming what the Puerto Rican parade was supposed to be about. This is a moment of community pride. And this time right now of where we're at in history is a time where really, if you're proud to be Puerto Rican, you need to defend PR. It was intense, right? And in that same moment, I was joking about it with someone last night. I have this contingent of 200 of us marching with black and white flag, like shields. The photos are incredible. And I show up in a Defend PR t-shirt and I can think of nothing else but to buy a bouquet of sunflowers. And I'm like, this is my weapon. So I think in this moment of protest even, we had a bomba band with us on the float and I'm like, wait a minute. So we're supposed to be in a resistance moment, but I don't get to dance. You brought drums. I'm dancing up Fifth Avenue. This is part of how we resist. It was a little incongruous for me in moments of just the pure energy of the protest. But at the same time, part of resistance is showing that we're still free, that joy is still real and that that's part of what needs to be defended. It's really heavy. It's really, really intense being in the parade, seeing so many people so proud to be Puerto Rican, and me being able to be part of a community that's really activated right now and making changes. They motivated this whole comparsa. We were probably one of the biggest contingents to march, which is really beautiful. Kids of Yehita and her oh, little scooter awesome. thing. So yeah, the parade was dope. Yes. I, mean, I, was, I mean, it was, you know, the Mermaid Parade was great, but the Puerto Rican Day Parade was fucking amazing. Yes. <laughs> What are your thoughts on Puerto Rico becoming the 51st state? <sighs> I want Puerto Rico to be free. What that means, you know, not having grown up on the island, not having, you know, a clear sense of what the World Bank would do to support a free Puerto Rico as this independent entity. Is statehood the best idea from my heart, my soul? Of course not. Nobody wants Puerto Rico to be a state. But when you look at what the actual economic implications are of not being a state that can't go bankrupt, that they have taxation without representation, all of these things, we don't have a structural system to support Puerto Rico in its current commonwealth status. You're like some bastard stepchild of structural government. I want Puerto Rico to be healthy and vibrant and economically independent. What that looks like from a statehood versus independence standpoint, I don't, I have no idea. Puerto Rico is sick right now at the hands of somebody who's strangling it. How do we stop the strangulation? I don't know. Especially when America is also being strangled. Imagínate. Mm. 
what motivated you to start Brooklyn Brujeria? So I describe myself as a third generation New Yorican bruja. I was raised by my mom, who's a daughter of Ochun, and my grandmother before her was a practicing Santeria priestess for over 40 years and was crowned Yemaya. And I grew up with rooms of santos and things that I didn't understand and all kinds of ritual objects in my home without a lot of explanation, which I've come to learn as part of the tradition is that you learn when you're ready to find out and not a minute before. A number of things came to pass. I went to Wesleyan University. I was an anthropology major. My studies were grounded in understanding Santeria, taking this moment to understand my family's legacy and the power of performance and drums and how that channels spirit and in a lot of ways, it's really come full circle for me now, throwing parties and looking at them as sacred space, right? Seeing people sweaty and happy and joyful at the end of the night and understanding that I come from a spiritual and religious tradition that is rooted in the drum and African sort of energy and belief systems that worship the ocean, worship the forest, allow you to release and channel through community and through joy. So Brooklyn Brujeria in particular came to be through a confluence of moments, I had an opportunity to present at a gallery show. I'm a dancer. I had been making these videos of me dancing in my kitchen. I didn't know what to do with them. One thing led to another. I had just gotten back from Tulum. I found these loteria cards. Bada bing, bada boom. I'm like, I'm a fortune teller. My name is Chiquita Brujita. I saw these prayer candles. It's a performance art piece. And then I'm like telling fortunes. And this guy was overheard at the opening going, well, you know, the fortune teller told me that, you know, my energy color is blue and my number is two and I need to be more compassionate. And so I was going to fire this girl, but now I'm going to give her another month. And this dude's like making moves off of this reading I just gave him. And in that moment, I was like, oh, shit, this is real. And it kind of evolved from there. I took it beyond the gallery and decided to continue my fortune telling and to continue to evolve the system and to really take the candles and decide to incorporate the business and try to get them out beyond just a one day affair. Divine inspiration. I, I don't know. How can we incorporate brujeria into our everyday lives? It's complicated. I appreciated the introduction and the thoughtfulness. There's this mysticism that's coming in this generation, and it is, you know, totally de moda to be a bruja right now. And I get that. We have a generation that's craving some sort of energetic power, this agency that comes with being religious or being spiritual that feels like you can control your fate. You can do crystal work. You can affect your life. And in that way, I'm all for brujeria in the everyday life because at its core, it's this reclamation of connecting with your higher power and deciding that whatever your ritual practices are, are going to ground you and bring you peace and take you further down a path of your choosing, whether that's for protective energy, if you are more of the spell casting kind of witch, or if it's for love energy or luck or whatever it is, it's really personal. In that way, I think that's brujeria a lot of it to me, right? This is why people buy my candles. I encourage them to incorporate them into their existing practice. There's no magic in anything that I'm doing other than providing you this thing that I put intention into and I'm providing you an opportunity to do the same. But then there's this other very real question of people who want to develop in an actual religious context. If you want to get into Santeria, if you really feel called to become part of a community, how do you find a house? How do I find a godmother? How do I go get a reading? How do I learn what this is? Is it for me? Is that cultural appropriation? I have a couple of opinions on it. The beautiful thing about my particular practice is that these are communities of faith that are founded and grounded in temples that are in your home. And so priestesses are crowned by other priestesses in the community. This is a tradition that is totally passed down through ritual and apprenticeship. You learn by showing up. 
And if you want to be a bruja, you got to put in a lot of fucking hours doing whatever it is that you're doing in whoever's home to really develop this path of yours. And in that regard, you put in your 10,000 hours of doing this work, of really following that path, that's your calling. Who am I to tell you that this is not real to you? But in the same regard, I do understand, of course, that people feel very protective, that it's being co-opted by girls who are like, oh, you know, this is magic. There's a level to it. If you really are about that life, you believe this, this is your path. That's not cultural appropriation. That's you being called to something. And there's somebody else that has a higher spiritual authority and whatever the regime it is that you're participating in that has obviously vouched for you if you've been able to develop this far. Who are we to say that so-and-so shaman doesn't know what they're doing because she's got blonde hair? I think there's something to that and honoring the fact that this is a practice like any religious, spiritual, faith, practice, etc. It is something that has roots. I didn't claim myself to be any of the titles that I claim in my spiritual practice for a very long time. It was very trendy before I started saying it, but I went through ceremony. I went through study. I'm still studying every day, working through books, magic, whatever you want to call it. I'm learning every day. And there's a difference between committing to that practice and committing to ceremony, having people teach you, studying under people and Googling something or following someone's blog or whatever. And then just being like, oh, this is magic or, oh, yeah, I went to one ceremony once or I go to this space sometimes and now I'm this. It's just different. And it's the same thing with any other more visibly recognized faith. You can't just be a priest. I technically am a minister thanks to the internet. <laughs> there is a difference between being able to officiate a wedding and being a spiritual leader. Hello. Yeah. Hashtag like, real me in weddings. <laughs> like there's just like I even honor that people are like, oh, you're a priest. I'm like, I am not a priest. I have not done those studies. I have not gone through that process. That is a thing I will never do, but it is the thing that I honor that I have not done. And the same is true of priestesship. I'm yeah. not a priestess. Totally. I don't know what that even means. I have not done that. And it really, it is complicated, but I do think that lots of people convert to different faiths and that takes time. It takes commitment. It takes a lot of reading and, and choice. And if somebody chooses to take that path, yeah, it doesn't matter what color your skin or hair is. But if you haven't done that, please sit down. <laughs> Don't write a book on it. <laughs> <laughs> so why is this important, Chiquita Brujita? My Brooklyn Brujeria? Mm -hmm. Bueno. Once I see the impact and the reaction of how excited people are, of how happy they are to receive either a product or this incredible experience. The proof is in the pudding. I mean, I'm just kind of like, I'm just this vessel. I don't know why the universe has decided that this is going to be what I have chosen to do, but it's this very strong feeling of moving in the direction of the unknown with full force with every moment that someone says oh my god I, I love these candles I'm so happy that they come from you or you know this was the best party I've ever been to like how did I not know about this or you know thank you so much for doing this but it's really dope that's why it's important they say create products that you would want so I created something that I thought was missing in my life <laughs> talismans are really important in people's practices yeah. and having 
a vessel to channel one's energy into that is reflective of one's aesthetic. Mm -hmm. Some people want things that are more traditional. They want the prayer candles with icons that they recognize. But for people that are moving away from or into a different space, having our crystals around, having our candles around, I love how bold the statements on the candles are. And they really do reflect the kind of energy that I want to encourage and also project in my personal practice and it's just nice having another option i feel like i have a whole coven of brujas that are just like i'm buying your candles but i'm so excited and i want to learn more and blah 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 and then they come to the party and they're like oh no i want to help you let's make decorations and now these are my friends right and now they're like well what are we doing for the moon ceremony and i'm like I have no idea what are we doing for the moon ceremony. And the next thing you know, I got like 10 girls in my house and we're like setting shit on fire on the roof. Right? Yes. So, <laughs> I want to come set shit on fire on your roof. Exactly. I was like, we'll figure it out. Let's go. You know, and that's why it's important is that I put, to your point exactly, a talisman out there that allows people to activate their energy and to feel empowered over their energetic selves. And, I, and I, I'm, I'm grateful for that opportunity. It's humbling. Just curious. You say best party ever. Take us through a typical Chiquita Brujita-backed party experience. What is that like? So the best part about my parties is the music. The music is always excellent. My production partner is a DJ named Gecko Jones, who has been throwing tropical parties in New York for almost 10 years. What constitutes a tropical party? So we describe the music as electronic-based remixes of sounds from the Latin diaspora. So it could be an original electro-cumbia edit coming out of Colombia. It can be strong buirengue drums, bomba from Puerto Rico, the best new Afrobeats from Nigeria, a great Angolan rhythm that you've never heard on the guitar. And weaving this together with contemporary dembo, maybe a little bit of reggaeton, that good Rihanna edit, or the best electronic DJs that are in the underground and on Boiler Room and playing all around London and coming in and being in this space. We take you on this sonic journey of you don't know the words to these songs. You've probably never heard this song before, but you are sweating balls and having the time of your life and everybody around you is just looking like they are having the best time. And then there's surprises. So our launch uh, for Ministerio was last month at House of Yes, which is this incredible venue in Bushwick built by aerialists. And so I had DJ Reka, who's been throwing Basment Bangra for the past 20 years, she celebrated spinning dope Bangra music and two of my Latina aerialists spinning around in the sky. And then I made a sancocho and I feed everybody soup at three o'clock in the morning. What? And so, you know, uh, it's it's a circus. It's a small circus for the night. And you know, I want to join the circus. I want the sancocho. <laughs> I want the sancocho, exactly. Um, so it's like a carnival, um, but in the club and for one night only and probably just, you know, one of the most diverse dance floors that you've seen and people who really come to have the best time. I cannot wait to wait go wait. to the next one. <laughs> you can follow Chiquita Brujita on Instagram and she's always posting about all of her events that she's throwing. Any advice for those who are wanting to live even a fraction as authentically as you have constructed your life? practice a little more spirituality every day i would say be brave trust yourself listen to your intuition and buy pretty things if you like them and you can um talismans are important if they make you happy and you know spark joy like marie kondo says bring these things into your life and research them learn about them understand why you're compelled by objects and similarly, you can apply that to people. Be more open. You never know what gifts an individual might have to show you. 
if you are always on your phone, if you are constantly judging people, if you think you're looking for this one thing that you're going to get out of this person, let them open up and show you what they might be able to give you. And it could be spiritual learning. It could be a new friend. It could be an opportunity to change your life. But if you are not open in your disposition, both to spirit, to humans, to new pretty things for your altar, you're going to kind of stay in a stagnant place. So I would just say, keep your eyes open, keep your heart open, and follow where your energy is kind of drawing you. It sounds simple, but it can change your life if you make it a practice to trust yourself every day. So with all of that said, like what's next for you? Many things. So Ministerio is at ministeriodelaparranda.com. So you can keep up with our latest parties and goings on. So getting out of the club and into cultural centers. We were fortunate to host first Saturdays at Brooklyn Museum in April. So excited about that. And more candles. I'm expanding the candle line. There should be new lines soon. I'm really excited to release tote bags because magic is fucking real. And I think that we should spread that message far and wide. So those should be live on the site soon as well. And just building out Brooklyn Brujeria. I want to create an e-commerce platform for other brujapreneurs to sell their things. If you make something awesome, hit me at chiquitabrujita.com and maybe we can do business. <laughs> Where else can people find you? What social media? I love do you the have? gram. Oh my god, I love the gram. I love the gram. I love, I love gram. your gram. I, love I was scrolling through it earlier and it was giving me life. It's so beautiful. <laughs> In the grammar BFF, you can find me at Chiquita Brujita on Instagram. Uh, you can find me on etsy.com at Brooklyn Brujeria and at my website at chiquitabrujita.com. Thanks so much. Chelsea as always you can slide you can enter our dms <laughs> into the dm enter, enter our dms consensually at <laughs> <laughs> underscore reel me in ha <laughs> <laughs> underscore r-e-a-l-m-e-i-n hit us up let us know who you'd like us to interview next any topics you'd like us to cover and as always we welcome your feedback and we apologize for slacking on the Instagram. We both have very active individual accounts. We're working on it. It's going to get good. I swear. It will. Thanks Hashtag for content. listening. Bye, guys. Bye. Ciao.